Welcome to the podcast. I appreciate you for being here. Before we listen to my next guest, I want to ask that if you like the podcast, please subscribe to the channel and leave a positive review so we can grow this channel. I've been working really hard for you guys to grow by putting systems in place that bring on guests who are very valuable to you. And I'm just going to be honest, it hasn't been an easy ride. So I would certainly appreciate your support. Also, let me know your thoughts by texting me at 714-294-0269. Again, 714-294-0269. Zero two six nine. Last time, seven one four two nine four zero two six nine. To ask about details and to receive future podcasts directly to your cell phone. Let's continue with the podcast. So I'm here with uh, Nicole. She's a CEO of Goodwill. Um, it took a while to schedule this. I was, uh, <laughs> it was like, I think we booked like three or four months in advance, I think. Um, so you're a busy person. Uh, so thank you uh, again for sitting down with me. Uh, can you tell me how you earned the position of CEO of Goodwill? So um, a couple years ago, I had the opportunity to um, be asked to put my hat in for this position. Mm -hmm. And I honestly was resistant. I, I thought, no, nope, no, nope, I'm good. I'm happy where I'm at. and. I really didn't. Um, where, where was that? Yeah, like, I was, was running at the time uh, Second Harvest Food Bank of Orange County. Okay. And so it was wow. one of those things where I thought, okay, no, I'm good. I don't need to do that. And I think, you know, one of the reasons that piqued my interest would be that I had worked here before. Mm -hmm. So I'd worked here for almost 10 years, um, several years ago. And so I already had experience here and understood the mission and the programs and, hmm. and what Goodwill tries to accomplish. And so there was this natural, um, like that would be the natural next step. But mm. it wasn't what I had planned or thought would happen. Right. It was... Um, one of those unexpected curveballs that I thought, okay, well, maybe I do need to look at so it. So you were approached by the board? I was approached, the search firm, the search that, firm. Got that it. was doing the search. Oh, interesting. And they said, well, several board and staff members, you know, would like you to put your hat in. And, wow. you know, would you, would you consider it? I said, I don't know. I felt really torn. Yeah. You know, because I, I loved, you know, my other job too. So it was, um, it was a hard decision. And then after really giving it some thought, I decided, well, it doesn't hurt to at least look at it right. and see what I think. So. Uh, did, do you feel right now that you have more of an impact in Goodwill as opposed to your former, your former job? Or? No, I think, um, I think in both organizations, as I think about how I entered both, um, they were both going through a lot of transition. And um, I think it, it was an opportunity to come in and really set um, the stage for culture. Mm -hmm. um, and how um, an organization operates with culture in mind. And that's right. something that's really important to me. And I feel like I had that opportunity when I walked mm -hmm. in the second harvest mm -hmm. to really establish and be intentional about culture. Right. And, and then it's similar here. I get to do the same thing here. Right. So Goodwill is a nonprofit, right? Yep. A um, we are a nonprofit 501c3. Right. Um, we are a member of Goodwill Industries International. Uh-huh. And so with that membership, obviously, Goodwill Industries International owns the brand, and we're members of the organization and have the licensing rights, yeah. I guess, to use the, the name. So in, in a nonprofit, you almost have to have culture. Like, there's, it's just hard not to, it's, it's hard to succeed yeah. without it, right? Um, Absolutely, because we all have missions, right? right. There's, a, there's a mission, there's a, there's a service that we're trying to provide. Um, to you know, yeah. whatever and it you is. You guys have a lot of volunteers is. too, right? Like, um, well, at Goodwill Orange County, we don't operate with a lot of volunteers. Oh, we do okay. have volunteers that support us with some of our programs in terms mm -hmm. of like you know maybe in our for example in our veterans program we right. might have volunteers that would do like mock interviews or mm, come and I teach, teach yeah. classes yeah. like career building kind yeah. of skills. Um, but we're not um, in our retail operation. We don't um, utilize volunteers. It's just um, just as part of best practices for running a nonprofit retail operation, we just um, don't use them. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, did you always have a heart for service or yeah. did something? It's something for me that um, came natural. And I think part of it was just growing up with a, um, a single parent um, fam family. So uh -huh. my mom raised me as a single mom. 
And she was really the model, I'd say, for how I learned about you know, having a servant's heart. Right. I think is what it comes down to. She, wow. um, even though she didn't have a whole lot and there was that struggle that mm-hmm. any single mom would have, yeah. um, she really was always helping others. Right. You know, um, even Regardless with, of how little she had. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Like, okay, we're going to yeah. do that. We're going to volunteer here. We're going to. Um, we're going to help somebody bring them food, you know, whatever it is. Like there's, mm. th- that was always how I grew up. And then my grandmother, who also was part of helping to raise me, um, same way. Um, and she was a single mom. Um, she, without, you know, realizing it, um, when my mom was 15, my mom's the oldest of seven kids, my, wow. um, my grandfather died. And so my grandmother had to raise the seven kids on her own. Whoa. And so... You wow. know, uh, that was you seven know, kids on her own. Yeah, yeah, and so it was. So how was so she able to support? To very little. How was your grandmother right? How was she able to support seven she kids? She had to work and do you know any kind of job she could get. She had very wow. little education. My grandmother went to school I think until seventh grade, and uh-huh. she's about to turn nine. No, she's ninety now, so she'll be ninety-one wow. soon. Wow. And Great for her. Um, so she really had to, you know, kind of yeah. figure it out. So I'm just I, I'm just yeah. thinking to myself how even with one or two kids, as a single parent, yeah. how it's very hard to have a career and also take care of your kids. Yeah, I can't imagine seven. Yeah, I think I she mean, had a support system between good so friends. So she kind of had to. She, you know, yeah. you rely on good friends, you rely on other relatives, you rely on your church. I mean, right. And my mom was 15, so she had to do quite a bit. Yeah. You know, her brother was a couple years younger than her. Yeah. So as the kids were getting to an age where they could work, I mean, my mom was picking strawberries in the strawberry fields and uh-huh. where I grew up in Santa Maria. I mean, wow. They all had to. They all had to contribute. Do you think like having? So you guys grew up kind of, you grew, grew up poor. Uh, yeah, I poor. definitely, I think my mom um, did a good job of sort of always providing for my needs. So I never felt like, poor. yeah, I yeah felt that's like how we I were, felt too, actually. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I felt like, you know, I, I never experienced hunger. Um, I, you know, she always did a good job, like, you know, making sure I was dressed well and taken care of and mm-hmm. all of wow. those things. She didn't have a lot, but. She did yeah. a really good job, very resourceful. Right. And um, and she grew up, I would say, very poor, you know, where it's like they had the, poor, yeah. the small, seven people. The small, very tiny <laughs> yeah. house with seven Probably kids. Probably shared a room, shared, shared clothes. Rooms, yeah. yeah, all of that. And, um, and then wow. they had like their bathroom was an outdoor yeah. bathroom, you know, yeah. those types of things. So very, um, you know, rough beginning. Do you feel like your upbringing that kind of uh, contributed to your heart for service today because you actually experienced it? Because I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like if you're overly privileged early on, you're less empathetic. Um, Yeah, I think it really depends on the person. I think think in some cases, you know, I I get concerned about, you know, kids growing up in Mm -hmm. affluent Orange County and not having having the struggle, right? You can kind of tell sometimes. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> but then I do at the same time, I still see, I've worked with a lot of volunteers over the years and I do see young people who, it's a even if they yeah. grow up privileged, they still seem and, um, and are very really, empathetic. Yeah. yeah. And I think it just depends on um, the values of the home and how they grew up and regardless of the wealth. Yeah. Um, but I do feel like um, growing up in a single parent home, watching my mom, watching my grandmother, mm-hmm. um, that definitely shaped, you know, my um, my heart for service. And, yeah, yeah. and I also think a big part of it too was um, they also introduced me to uh, my faith early on, you mm-hmm. know, um, Christian faith. And so I think that also there's inherently yeah. um, service, you know, with, with any major yeah. faith, right? Yeah, I yeah. mean, service is part of, yeah. of um, just, you know, being a person of faith. So I think that also played a big role. I remember doing, um, when I was 15 years old, um, so I was probably a sophomore at the time, uh-huh. I did a, a month-long missions trip to Monterey, Mexico, mm-hmm. you know, with a, a, a group of young people. and. You know, and, and it costs money to do these things, right? I had to raise the money. I had yeah. to, um, there were you know, people in my church that, um, so I became a fundraiser at a young age, raising money for the things I had to do, yeah. right? To, you know, be able to participate in school activities, yeah. raise money for cheerleading, raise money for missions trips. 
things like that. So what was your strategy behind uh, raising money? Um, I remember writing letters, and um, I remember at one point, my uh, good friend of mine, we were both in the, on the cheerleading team, we went to the owner of the uh, Nissan dealership in Santa Maria, where I grew up, uh-huh. and it happens to be, uh, it was a, at the time, a, a woman uh-huh. um, who owned it, and so we just wow. all yeah. went in and, and told her what we were doing, and um, she wrote us a decent-sized check you know, to support um, our wow. fundraiser or whatever it was, a cheerathon or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had another family, I think, from my church. Um, I had reached out, um, sent letters to, um, indivi- you know, just different people who could right. maybe support. And, you know, they sent a $500 donation, just, you know, people who had more uh, means. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't realize it. I was starting to fundraise, yeah. you know, at a young age and yeah. not realizing how much that would mean later in my career. Yeah. So obviously, you know, um, you have a cause and a passion for helping veterans, disabled, the disabled. Yeah. Um, are there any other, uh, so talk about that a bit and then talk about any other passions that you yeah. have. Yeah, so our mission here at Goodwill of Orange County is to help people who face any kind of barrier find and keep jobs. Um, we know when you do that, it provides that sense that we yeah. all get of purpose, pride, dignity. Uh, we really focus on, and for years, I focus on people with disabilities, um, whether it be physical or developmental. Um, we also help people maybe who have very little work experience, um, very little education, yeah. um, mental health issues. Um, and then veterans um, came on the scene for us uh, probably about four or five years ago, um, or maybe even longer than that. We started studying the issue because it became more um, known that veterans needed yeah. support uh, yeah. in our community. And then that became a big priority for us too. So, okay, so if say you approach a company, you work with a lot of companies, right? Yeah. Um, can you name some of the companies that you work with? Uh, oh that gosh, yeah. Um, so companies who will hire our, yeah. um, like the people we serve, it could be um, companies like California Pizza Kitchen, like some of the restaurants yeah. um, in town that um, provide work opportunities, work experience, um, hotels, um, First American um, title, we have a group of people with developmental disabilities there. Um, I mean, there's so many um, yeah, I could yeah. name. There's so That's many great. companies like um, Balboa Bay Club and um, uh, yeah, those types of hotels. Um, a lot of the, I'd say for some of the people we serve with developmental disabilities, um, we, we place them in some of the hospitality industry. Mm-hmm. Um, they love to work there. It, you know, it's, yeah. it's a great opportunity to get work experience as well. So how do you identify someone who has a heart for hiring the disabled? Um, and uh, how do you identify that person? And how do you get them to, to work with uh, people that you work with? Yeah, so we have a team that really is networking in the community Uh all the time. They're speaking at events, they're meeting people. And I think, you know, yes, we start with maybe that uh, that message of, you know, Mm -hmm. here's a way to be part of helping people get to work, you know, helping people with disabilities get to work. But I think it's also a good business decision. Mm -hmm. And so we, it depends on the individual, but a lot of times it's just a good business decision to hire someone we serve and to have a diverse workplace. And um, many times too, for some of the placements we make, there may be um, reimbursement um, because uh, maybe somebody who um, is an individual that gets state funding to be served, there mm-hmm. could be there could be incentives for a business to hire people with disabilities too. Right. So there's there, we we kind of work from both angles, the heart and the head, because in some cases it's just a really great business decision. Yeah. Have you ever thought yeah. about being a politician? Have I I, I, I'm sure you've ever asked this before. Oh, how funny! <laughs> <laughs> no way. <laughs> no. Um, I, politics um, is no. I started. <laughs> I started my career um, yeah. in politics, thinking that I might get into politics. So that was like my first job out of college was working in politics and yeah. doing campaign work. And I used that experience to because I knew I um, I knew in college I wanted to work for nonprofits, but it was my degree was 
political science. Yeah. So I thought that yeah. that would be the direction I go into. And yeah, that's then once one of the I, reasons that I'm asking. But I, also, your experience now. Yeah. Yeah. When I got into it, though, um, I realized it wasn't it wasn't for me. Um, but I love that I follow it and you know can keep up with it. And yeah. Um, also, in this position, I have to advocate for a lot of policies for the people we serve. Yeah. And so that interest in um, knowledge I have comes in handy. Um, you've you've probably communicated with politicians, right? Yeah, uh, a lot. Yeah, and um, so that's that's interesting. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Like, is it is yeah. it? It just seems like it's just a politics is just a, a hard game to navigate. Sure. Um, and so, can you tell me like what your what is your experience working with politicians? Yeah, so um, a few ways I'd say depending on what's happening, like oh. um, there might be certain bills that are in the state or in the federal and in, in Congress that we're tracking because they could impact the people we serve. And so, if there's a if there's a particular bill that someone is sponsoring. Um, we may actually go to them directly and say, hey, hold on, this is going to hurt the people we serve, and mm -hmm. we, we need you to hear from us right. on it and hear why. And so generally we'll request meetings and sit down and do you share. Get, do you usually get those meetings pretty pretty easily? Or? Yeah, 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 we get them pretty easily. So okay. it can't always be with the, a member of Congress or a state elected official. Sometimes it's with their staff, but that's that's also a very effective um, because if you're meeting with their staff they and they see, oh, wow, yeah, you're right, this is a big issue. I need to make sure my boss is aware. Um, you can make a lot of progress. I think, you know, as nonprofits, uh, we have to be the voice for um, people who are voiceless. Yeah, you know, people who don't totally. um, have a voice, and and we have the ability to get mm -hmm. in and get the appointment and and put an agenda in front of a elected official to say, hey, these uh, this is why this policy is bad. Or we can walk in with a, pr a proactive agenda to right. say, hey, these are the policies we hope you'll pursue mm -hmm. because they're going to help the people we serve. So the, so when you were when you were hired initially, right? Yeah. So you had a recruiting firm that yeah. came to you and they said, "Hey, we think this this could be a great position." You said you were conflicted. Yeah. Uh, Primarily because you were. I love both organizations. I you mean, love so and much, yeah. I, yeah, I actually worked um, at S Second Harvest, um, my first nonprofit right out of uh, college, uh, and then left for you know eleven years, and the majority of that time I was here, and then um, and then went back to Second Harvest, right? And so, you know, I just have a love for both organizations. Spent pretty much my career yeah. at one or the other. Were you surprised that? They were reaching out to you because Goodwill is such a, a large entity where you were like, wow, out of... Yeah, I mean, on one hand... Or where you're like, yeah, this, yeah, I am the right fit for this. I'm not, <laughs> no, I, I initially in my mind, I'm thinking, wow, that is just, it's, you know, this organization, at least for our community, is you know, one yeah. of the largest charitable organizations in, in Orange County. And so there is a bit of like awe to it, like oh my gosh, yeah. could I do that, right? Yeah, because like, like good, the goodwill is. Like, yeah. yeah, and I think as a female, sometimes we put those hurdles or those doubts, right? Uh, where maybe a male would be like, well, I'll just figure it out when I get there. But you know, I'm one of those people that um, I want to know I can do it and do it well huh. um, before you commit to it. Right, yeah. right. And I just had to have that confidence. And then I had a few people actually sit me down and be like, "Are you are you crazy? You need to yeah. put your hat in for this." And yeah. um, a few mentors that um, kind of kicked me in the you know booty a little right. bit and said, "You know what? You are ready B for business this. mentors or yeah, uh, business mentors like people from wow. the private sector. I had I can think of at least uh, two or three that were, you know, really, um, and that turned, that clicked in my head where I went, okay, they believe I can do it. Why, why don't I believe I can do it? Do you feel so, like, uh, to some extent, everyone who's successful has had people that have kind of lifted them up a bit? Oh, uh, gosh, I think yeah. that is, um, in my mind, like, you always have to have people who, you know, are going to support you and, um, and that you can rely on for advice or mentorship. True. And yeah. I feel like I didn't really, um, in my 20s, I think because at a young age I was taking on a lot of responsibility, I felt this need to be like, okay, they can't know that I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Like I just, I, yeah. you know, I, yeah. and so I would just, with a lot of confidence, get things done. And I feel like, you know, in hindsight, I wish I would have 
you know, right. gone, gotten under more people's wing and said, you know, can you show me how to do that? Can I learn that from you? Can, I figured it out, right? But probably the hard way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think in my 30s, I started realizing, okay, I, I now I can ask questions and um, get yeah. wisdom from people who know what they're doing. I, you said a female said, thing. Do you feel that's a female I don't know. I, for yeah. me, I guess. Yeah. And I've heard other female leaders talk about sometimes when, you know, when you're thinking about going to the next level, like, yeah. there's a question of, well, am I ready to do that? Like, yeah. you, you kind of question yourself. And I don't know if that isn't is necessarily a female um, characteristic, but it seems like I've heard that more. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you feel, um, are you, like, uh, being a leader, right? Do you feel like you're judged differently than a male would be judged if you were to make certain decisions? Mm -hmm. I don't really think about it. Yeah, you don't honestly. think about it. Yeah, I just uh, in my mind, um, you know, it doesn't. That doesn't really cross my mind. Yeah, it really doesn't cross my mind. I, I just, I feel like because the way I make decisions is I, I try to engage. Like, you know, for example, our, my senior leadership team. Um, if there's a big decision we have to make, I'm gathering as many facts as I can from the team mm -hmm. to understand their points of view and also the pros and cons of certain decisions. And so I feel like you know, I approach it um, just like any leader should, right? right? Getting the information that you need to get to make a good decision. So I don't necessarily look at it from a male or female standpoint. I got it. Um, yeah. And uh, a great leader is a great leader, uh, female or, or, or um, male. Why do you feel, you know, not to yeah. like talk about this too much, but why do you feel there's not more female CEOs? I feel there's a lot of great leaders out there that could yeah. f fulfill the, the, that position, but why do you feel there there's not more? You know, I've been thinking about that a lot because I've I've had a few um, friends and colleagues go for CEO jobs at other nonprofits or for profits, and in some cases they're not getting the position, even though on paper they are ready, right? And they're yeah. great leaders and whatever. And for whatever reason, um, it I mean sometimes it's a personality issue when a board is when a board is picking yeah. a candidate. Um, obviously, they want to you know pick somebody who they feel like is a good fit. Um, you know, so it's it's really hard to say. I, is it because more most a lot of boards are filled with men, so that's why. I kind of wonder that sometimes. Yeah. You know, when I've heard certain situations where a female isn't picked, but clearly they're a great candidate and a great choice and a, a terrific leader. You know, I've seen that a few times where I'm like, wow, maybe they're picking the person they're comfortable with. I don't know if there's an inherent bias, but at the same time, you know, a board, you know, has to make the decision they feel is best for their mission and their organization. So I get that. Um, I do. Um, I think that, you know, there's probably still some bias, but I mm. think, you know, I have seen females where I'm like, wow, they would make a great CEO at that organization and they didn't get picked. Right. That's and weird. I don't know. Yeah. And I don't know if it's part that part, you know, some women aren't putting their hat in for whatever reason. Well, one thing I've you know? noticed is because I've, uh, I've interviewed quite a few uh, female CEOs. Yeah. Um, what I noticed most, most of them say is, you know, I didn't even really think about it. I just became the CEO or, you and know, like by accident. Well, yeah. I, I didn't really think about it. And so maybe there's something to that. Hmm. Maybe just don't think about the potential and, barriers you have to overcome. Yeah, and I do think yeah. more, I feel like when I think of mentors or people that I've really respect or have learned from over the years, a lot of them have been men, mm -hmm. like who've been great about um, about coaching me, giving me feedback, um, and, and definitely, um, you know, supporting me. Mm -hmm. And so I think more, I think men need to, especially uh, male leaders, they definitely need to view their role as helping to support and lift up women. Yeah. Uh, because I do think that gives us more confidence in And when I hear you say that, I I hear, you know, help us. Yeah. That's, that's what I yeah. hear. Because um, I, I think there's um, inherently, in some of us at least, and I know this is true for me, it's a level of, of you have to feel confident that you can do it, right? Right. And when you have somebody, you know, take you under their wing and, you know, give you feedback and especially if you're open to that, right? You want to be open to it. 
then it just gives you more confidence that mm-hmm. you can do it. Yeah, absolutely. And do you feel like men get more more like mentors, do you think, or like? It's interesting because I'm seeing a lot of younger women who um, they seek out probably more than uh, I've noticed. Like when I have yeah. people come to me for career advice, I get females all the time very few men and I don't know if it's maybe the guys just think they need to go to a, a, another male I, I don't know I don't know if it's a male female thing or if it's that young women are just more aggressive I don't have a mentor who's a female right now yeah. I go to her I buy her lunch you know okay. well I, I want to buy her lunch I haven't bought her lunch yeah. yet uh, but so, I've gone out with her um, and yeah anyways so I don't know I just feel like yeah. a, um, the next generation of women kind of growing up in the beginning of their career yeah. it seems like they're more aggressive to seek out mentors and sponsors and, really? and help but yeah that's what I'm what, why do you think what do you think the reason for that is um, I don't know. They're just, they seem like go-getters. Yeah. You know, I'm excited for this next generation as they, yeah. as they uh, progress in their career. I, right. I think we're going to have, a, I, I do feel like we're going to have a lot more female leaders moving forward because it just feels yeah. like they well, are seeking that out. That makes me happy because I'm having a daughter in April. Yeah. So <laughs> there you go. And yeah. I have two girls as well. And I'm, yeah. you know, I want them to view themselves. I want them to view leadership roles like a CEO or anything as um, as something that should not be hard to uh, you know achieve that right. that in terms of you know whereas years ago right it was very few women um, did this or did it at all yeah but I want my girls to know that that's absolutely an option mm-hmm. that you know they they have lots of options I love it I love yeah. it um, so you talk about you initially talked about culture yeah right so what is what is what represents goodwill culture and what are you doing to facilitate that and maintain it well i think when i walked in i really wanted to understand and take a temperature you know of the organization to understand where are we now i knew where we were when i was here before Mm -hmm. right and um, get a sense from, from the team and my former boss when i was here before always talked about a culture of kindness Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, I want to bring that language back. And it still was here, right? But I want to bring it back yeah. in an even more um, intentional way. And so um, we looked at our core values, too. And right. we saw, okay, we had like this list of 10 core values that looked very core. Like you could, it could look like the core values of any for-profit organization, right? Yeah, yeah. Much less non-profit. You kind of um, act like a for-profit, but you, you're you're not. Yeah, we have a social enterprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah we earn we earn revenue absolutely. Um, so I looked at those ten core values, and then I looked at the team. And I said, "Do you know them by heart? Like, do you, like core you said, don't look at them. Do you know them by heart?" And then everyone kind of laughed. Like I'm like, okay, that's <laughs> the problem. Like, yeah. do we all know? Can we recite them? Like, can you? Do we promote them? Do we? All of those things, right? And so when we all recognize that it's really hard to remember what 10 things are, right? Yeah, 10 yeah. core values. Um, I think the core values, like as we looked at um, what we had, we said, okay, we really could narrow it down to what's the most meaningful to us? What do we believe is core to Goodwill of Orange County? And so we all agreed. Obviously, the main core is that you know, we believe the power of work right, changes lives. So that's like core to who we are and our mission. Um, that, 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 you know, um, individuals, you know, can, can get work and, um, and it will change their life. Um, and then how we want to live out um, the way we operate here is we, our core values are to be kind, to be honest, mm-hmm. to be helpful, and to be creative. So you, you say that, but have you ever run into an issue where that people didn't meet that standard? Uh, of course, yeah, yeah, of course. yeah. That's what I tell my team. I say, you know what? These are the, we all agree. These are the yeah. core values that represent Goodwill of Orange County, and so we're really over the last. And that just took place not even a year ago. Right. So I've been here 16 months now, and um, less than a year ago, we we said, okay, this is what we believe are the core values, right? To be kind, to be honest, to be helpful, to be creative. And um, so now we're on this quest to make sure, okay, does everybody understand them? We're like doing a lot of training around it. Like, yeah. you know, what are examples of being kind? I mean, right. it's kind of obvious, but at the same time, yeah. you know, what is kindness to us? 
uh, what is honesty and integrity to us? That um, means like in, you're, yeah. you're kind inside the company and outside, outside the company. Exactly, inside and outside. Yeah, yeah. Um, to internally to each other and externally to the public. Right. Yeah. Exactly. To people and then, that would not otherwise meet you again. Yeah. Uh, you you still have to be kind to them. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And then you know to be honest, right? Everything we do is about integrity, and um, you know no one owns Goodwill of Orange County. This is the public. You know, right? Yeah. This is the we have the public trust. We have stewardship. Um, honesty, accountability, all those things. And so we talk about that. What does it mean to be honest? Where could, you know, where could we, um, you know, uh, where could integrity be questioned or where, you know, so just training around that um, honesty and integrity. I mean, there could be a cases where, you know, because we get clothing donated, right? Maybe an employee thinks, well, um, it's donated. It's okay if I take it. No, it's not okay if you take it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we always are training around doing the right thing. Right. Yeah. And then, um, and then. So you course, actually invest in training to yeah, regarding well, doing it, the right thing. It's really just what we do internally, right? As leaders, yeah. um, we, we ta we're talking about it constantly. Um, we every quarter since we started the rolling out the values, we take a value and we say, okay, we're going to focus on um, honesty. And yeah. then at a team meeting, you're going to talk to each other about where could we be, you know, where could we have ethical issues or integrity, right. and really talk about it and. In your own department, you know, how do we hold each other accountable? Um, um, so it's all about for us. It's all about how do you live out those values? You know. Yeah, I think it's important, and I think not enough. Uh, I mean, I think it's shifting. Yeah. But I think yeah. uh, not enough CEOs normally talk about kindness. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why? Why not? Why not? Like, um, right. why it's not? shifting though. Yeah. I think it's shifting. Um, and I think what really matters is people like you who have influence talking about kindness because yeah. then other CEOs look to that and they go, that's the example I want to set. Because yeah, I feel like... Exactly. And I think sometimes people think, oh, well, kindness is it's weak. And you, right? No. It's no. right. It's strong. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's a strength. And I think it's kind when you're, uh, when you're you know, give honest feedback to somebody too about sure. maybe they're not reaching their goals or this is not about being nice and, and yeah. all of that fluffy stuff. This is about, you know, um, having honest feedback with people yeah. so that they can grow and learn and, and do good work. Are you, do you know who Gary Vaynerchuk is by chance? I know the name. Yes. You know the yes. name? Okay. Yeah, uh, it, I'm Northern Trust? No. No, I no. I can't remember the company. No, no, okay. no, no. He, he owns VaynerMedia. Okay. Media company. He's really popular I online. I recognize his name, though. Yes. Popular online, YouTube. And he's like, um, one thing he said was he he's trying to change the narrative around business, ah. uh, you know, and that if he preaches uh, kindness and generosity and things, things like that, that he, he says he's, he finds a lot of joy in seeing other leaders yeah. starting to... Um, mimic that. Yeah. M mimic who he is, and and so do you feel like to some extent you've you've influenced other inf uh, uh, other people uh, to be kind as leaders? I hope so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I really took that um, and learned it from my um, the CEO when I was here before, Dan mm -hmm. Rogers. He was uh, who I reported to, and he talked about a culture of kindness. He was. I mean, he would walk around this building and um, the employees would be so excited to see him because he was approachable, um, he was funny, um, you know, definitely kind, um, and, and was engaging, right? Mm -hmm. And so I feel like he role modeled that for me. Yeah, he like, had an open door policy. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Open door policy, all of that. And so for me, it's like I got to watch that role modeled so well. And, um, and I felt like, and when I arrived um, back here and I sent out emails like, hey, I'm back and I'm excited to be here and all of those things, I had, uh, I had a few people actually say that we're excited you're back. We know you worked here before and um, will you bring back that culture of kindness? Mm. And I thought, wow, <laughs> that's really cool that they're, they're sort of expecting it of me because they you, knew I worked here before. Yeah, where do you feel... So I feel like in, in uh, you know, when Steve Jobs was a CEO mm -hmm. um, and he was this, this successful, yeah. like uh, alpha male guy, right? And everybody in like that arena or that area or just anyone in business yeah. sometimes mimicked him, which is not good because he wasn't that nice of a guy. I mean, you know, um, bless, bless innovative, him, you know, for sure. yeah. innovative, yeah, yeah. right? But he wasn't that nice of a guy. And I feel like 
his his influence kind of yeah. got people to not be so nice to their employees and things like that. Like be tougher on their employees. Yeah. There's one thing to be tough, but yeah. but another thing to like be mean. Respectful. Right? Yeah. 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 I think. Um, I don't know what what was your no go ahead, sorry. Go ahead. No, tell me your thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I um, I am so frustrated when I hear about leaders who don't treat their people well. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear about it too much, honestly, and it's it's, it's something I'm really passionate about. That um, because I've heard too many friends or colleagues or people I mentor tell me situations where they get yelled at, where they get demeaned, where mm-hmm. they get um, you know, just humiliated by their bosses. And um, I hope that I can do something just you know, one by one to change that. Right. Because um, you can't grow people, you can't expect them to perform at their best. Be loyal. You can't, yeah. you can't expect them to um, do their best work if they feel humiliated, if they feel disrespected. Where does that Where does that stem from? The the inability to be nice. Uh, I, as I a think CEO. it's it might be stress. It might be pressure. It might be all those things. I think we all. Um, you know, you take a lot on your shoulders, right? To, when you're the, the leader, um, you know, there's pressure to perform, there's pressure for results, all of that. And I think unless you have an outlet or, or an attitude <laughs> yeah. that um, is gonna keep you in check, right? I know I say culture of kindness, so guess who number one needs to be kind? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? So um, I can't act a different way, or you, clearly they're like, going to be like, "Well, if she's not going to be kind, where are we going to be kind?" Exactly. Right? Yeah, you have an influence so, that. Yeah, right. But I mean, so it keeps me accountable, right? Because I say this is what's important, and then um, and then having other outlets, like whether it be working out or having your faith, or mm, you know, the things that, that okay. like. Um, things that are going to keep you well-rounded so you're not a stress case and like causing creating stress around you right um, and do you feel I, like there's a lot of the CEOs who are mean don't have an out, those outlets that they probably need possibly I yeah I, I, mean, I, I mean I can't say that in general but I do believe if you lead a well-rounded life um, it's, that yeah. you have no reason to come in being grumpy, mean, rude, or disrespectful to anybody. And people shouldn't have to work in an environment where there's fear, mm-hmm. right? And I, um, I'm really passionate about that. I feel, um, I feel that you know, the culture I want to create here, that one that's positive, it's supportive, it's um, living out our core values, and that people feel um, you know, good about coming here, they feel valued. That, you know that maybe one day they'll say you know, you know Goodwill Orange County is the best place to work. I tell all my friends to work here. I mean that's that's what I that's my desire and my hope. And I really at the leadership level say this is this is where we're headed. Hmm. If you're if you're not um, if you don't feel like you can meet that expectation, then let me know now, yeah, right? Like yeah. we we all need to be. Um, and that's the culture that I'm really passionate about creating. What are you? What do you do to um, get your employees engaged with the culture? What are you doing consistently that's helping with that endeavor? Yeah. So just st- starting out last year, um, I started with an employee engagement survey just to learn. Right. Uh-huh. I just want to see. Okay. What Surveys they, are super valuable. I didn't. What realize. do they think about yeah. us right now? Right? right. And so I did. Um, we did the um, one of those national surveys that are out there um, that a lot of companies use. So I used one where we could benchmark ourselves off other companies, and I read every single comment. I spent. Um, I spent a whole Sunday afternoon one day. Going through all you're, the you're comments. You're a hard worker, by the way. I, well, I noticed. I don't normally work, you know, weekends, but there are times when you got to carve out time to yeah. think. Um, and I knew I needed time to think into yeah. a, a, a away from the office, right? So I took some time to write, read every single comment, and it was just me and a couple other of my leaders. I didn't want the comments because I wanted people to know these are confidential, and I don't want people trying to guess who said what, right? So I um, kept it to a handful of people. And, um, and then we summarized the comments um, because I wanted to make sure that our leadership team understood, you know, hey, people need, are wanting to feel like 
you know, they're being recognized for hard work, that we value them, that we're What did you find in that? Do, uh, during those that are really what oh, it was. Were, yeah. I found that yeah. people um, weren't feeling like we were recognizing them for hard work or that uh, they weren't feeling necessarily valued or thanked for hard work mm. um, or um, that they didn't feel like they could give feedback and it would be heard. So I've been working a lot with the leadership team to say, okay, remember, these are the things we learned. Um, let's start changing our own behaviors and, be, and being aware like you're aware now this is what hmm. this is what the workforce thinks so you started creating systems around yeah so at recognition our recognition at our leader yeah so yeah. we we started a few different recognition things we have these um cards that are um we've always had these cards called good for you cards but we actually um updated them so that you could they're based on our core values wow so that um it has each of the four core values and you're going to recognize people when you see them living out that core value um, and then we recently created a um, like an all-star program. We're just going to start having our um, first set of people being recognized. So once a, I think it's either once a month or once a quarter, we're going to pick three employees. Um, you know, one from our donated goods area, one from our programs and services, one from kind of our general administrative offices. Um, and we're going to pick people who those three people are going to be people who we feel like exemplify our core values. So we're going to start promoting that. it a lot more so that you Recognition know, every employee knows yeah. that, okay, this is, this is the level we're expecting you know, yeah. when you walk in the door. I think and everybody to some extent wants a level of uh, recognition yeah. for what they do yeah. for, it doesn't matter who it is, right. you know, it could be husband, a wife, daughter, you know, whatever the case may be. Most people th uh, want recognition yep. and they, um, they really uh, yearn for it, right. you know? Right. You know, even me, like for me, like I, I've noticed even myself, like when I hear my name from somebody yeah. on stage or You're something, like, oh, wow. I'm like, yeah. wow, mm -hmm. <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, and so really doing more of that. And so we have our good for you cards. Um, and then um, I started hosting uh, regular like town hall all team meetings. Um, so I'm doing those quarterly um, as a start, right? I started yeah. my first one last summer. So it's like they all and gather in, in. You know, it's hard right now to get everybody in one yeah. place because we're fragmented throughout yeah. Orange County and at various locations. But I'm hosting um, the all team meetings at least th in three locations and then we videotape them. Wow. And then we'll share them out, um, you know, for anybody who couldn't be there. So when I think of, you know, town meetings, I think of like politics and how. Um, I guess it's more of a team meeting and, yeah. um, and people, I open it up for questions, but people are kind of shy. They're not necessarily asking. I might only get one or two. But I feel like as we keep doing them, um, we'll probably get more. Really? So, yeah. I, would you be open like in that in one of those meetings for like more like harsh criticism sure i mean it's hey give us feedback what yeah. can we do better and i think they're gonna yeah. i think right now um people are gonna be shy in terms of speaking up right because yeah, they're like form. i don't wanna yeah um but we also are Kinda gonna start harsh. um we're trying to figure out how to get this done but we want to start some listening sessions where we go to maybe bring together a couple of our stores mm -hmm. and then take management out of the room and then get one person who just listens and takes notes and, right. and hears what's happening. So really engaging people and giving us their feedback on how we how we can, you know, what can we do to operate better? How can we improve on how we live out our core values? Sure. Like all of those things. It's, it's going to take time. I'm just starting that process. Yeah. But, you know, first started with the survey. It's good to put an intention on it first. Yeah, That's it the started thing. with the yeah. survey. Then it went to, okay, we're, I got to work on the leadership team and making sure they understand the expectations that, um, that we're setting on culture. Yeah. And uh, making sure everyone's, you know, understands that, you know, we're held to the highest accountability when it, yeah. we're saying we want to live out these core values. So as the leader of this company, you develop other leaders who then impact and influence other people. Um, but in order to do that, in order to have an influence on them, you have to have a strong relationship with those yeah. leaders, right? Yeah. So what are you? What have you done to build strong relationships with those particular leaders? Yeah, so our senior leadership team meets uh, once a week, and so that's sort mm -hmm. of a standing meeting that those are the closest you know ones I work mm -hmm. with. But um, once a month, I'm taking it to the next level, like our director levels, and our director levels are going to come in once a month. So I can just spend more time with them and they and hear from them, hear their point of view, make sure that they're hearing about the culture mm -hmm. and how we want to yeah. you know, live here. 
And then, um, of course, we have the quarterly with the larger uh, leadership team. So there's probably like, in terms of anybody with a management responsibility right. or supervisor responsibility, that's probably like 60, 70 people. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are quarterly. Um, I mean, it's just a little bit of all of those things, using those meetings um, mm-hmm. to be intentional mm-hmm. about updates or hearing their points of view. Right. And then, um, and then beyond that, um, you know, I try to get to a lot of our facilities as right. much as I can just right. to be present and walk mm-hmm. around. I might be giving a tour to maybe someone like you, like where you're learning. Oh, that but tour is awesome, by when the way. I'm, right? Yeah, and then, that tour is like, right. it's and awesome. When you I'm see giving it and tour, you're like, wow. Exactly. You know? Yeah, it's fun to see it in person. And But when I'm giving a tour, that also gives me time to, to touch yeah. base with the, the leadership there or the team and just be present. Yeah. Um, without any kind of agenda just hey how are you what's going on oh i see that's over there tell me about that or Mm -hmm. i know that changed how do you feel about that i'm just sort of asking questions and connecting with people that way in a very like it's informal it wasn't planned and announced but being present interesting um so you know so far i've heard you know some of your successes um how you've built the culture which is extremely important um in any entity um extremely important i think some people disregard that aspect of business um and they don't succeed at a high level i think it is the most important thing um that we can do as a leader is um set and culture is going to happen whether we set it or not right i mean whether we have the values on the wall or not, yeah. uh, there is an inherent culture in any organization. But I think the more we can be intentional about it, the better. Because I mean, obviously, at the end of the day, at, in a nonprofit, we you know we have to make sure we're serving people and changing their lives. In a for-profit, you have to make sure you're making money right yeah. for your shareholders or owners yeah. or whomever. And um, if people. Um, if you want um, high performance, I feel like culture is the first thing that has to happen. Okay, okay so I'm kind of interested in, in you yeah. right now. So yeah. uh, you've talked about some positive things. Okay, so do you mind if I ask you some challenges you've, sure. you've had? Okay, so, <laughs> so what, was, what was the most difficult moment before your 20s that you experienced? Your most mm-hmm. difficult moment? Before my 20s? Before your, tw- uh, be, uh, sorry, like yeah, be, before you were 20. Before you were 20, uh, one to 20. Uh, my father actually passed away when I was seven. Wow. Um, yeah, he died in a uh, car accident. And so that was obviously, you know, shocking and sad and all of those things. So I'd say that was probably the most difficult because my parents were already um, separated. Mm-hmm. But um, so I wasn't used to him being there anyway. But I knew he was somebody I hung out with, right. you know, several times here and there and or yeah. every other weekend or whatever. Yeah. So um, that was that was a hard wow. moment. Yeah. And how, how did that paint your experiences now? I feel like I can be really empathetic yeah. you know, to, um, you know, people who also experience something similar where they lose a parent um, or it's grow really... up in a single parent household and yeah. I can relate to them and it's one of the hardest things. Mm-hmm. Losing a parent is, or a child is yeah. like unbelievable. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah. it's terrible. Um, okay, so in your 20s, what was, your, what was the hardest moment you experienced? Oh, that's a good question. I would say um, when I got married and we moved, my husband got an opportunity to work in Washington, D.C., and we were moving there, and it was right after 9-11. Oh. And here it's like, I'm a newlywed. Um, I'm leaving a job I what love. Is, what does he do? Um, he was, at the time, um, got a job for one of the government agencies, oh, okay. um, the it. Bush administration. And so it was a great opportunity yeah. for him, and we couldn't pass it up. And so I, you know, I was giving up um, a job I loved when I worked at the food bank the first time. And you know, I was having so much fun. Did and, you guys have, like... Hard conversations about, like, yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, but you know, um, we were a team. You know, we're a team yeah. today too. And and I, I thought, okay, we can do this. It'll be fun. Right. We didn't have kids. We didn't own a home. You do that, right? Yeah, it was fun. Uh, but we made the decision to go, and then literally a week later, it was nine eleven. Right. And I'm like, oh my gosh, are we still going to Washington? Yeah. yeah. And we did, and. Um, so I, we arrived right as anthrax was happening. Um, yeah. There was like all those scares um, with getting your mail and mm-hmm. 
and uh, you know the Pentagon was still fresh of what happened. I mean, it was a, a crazy time to be in Washington, and um, and then I had to go look for a job, and there was like you know temporary slow down the economy. It was a little crazy, so that was hard. That was wow. really hard. I was. Um, so you had like a financial burden at that time. It was it was a bit of a stress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. feeling you you know. It's like the number one our, thing, like in yeah, relationships. Definitely. Yeah. So that was stressful. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. So you were trying to get a job. You had to move to yeah. DC. Yeah. Um, and so how did you overcome it? You just like I just pounded the pavement to look, you know, and then I found a, Dude, a job awesome. at a national nonprofit. I, you know, I sent a resume cold there. I didn't even have a connection. Yeah. You know, I had some connections that I was working in. But everything was slowing down. There wasn't a lot of hiring, yeah. and so it was it was challenging. Have you ever yeah. started a startup? Ever? I have not. Never. Mm-hmm. No, I've always um, jumped into an organization yeah. and just worked to build it and take it to the next level. Yeah, I think there are two different skill sets. The, you got the entrepreneur and then the, the sta- mm-hmm. stage two entrepreneur, mm-hmm. um, which is like actually putting a, a real company together. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So. All right. So, and then you mentioned thirties. You, you, you. My thirties. What was your? What was the? And, and then I'm going to ask most you about the company. Most challenging moment in my thirties. Yeah, and then I'm going to ask you a question about Goodwill and what was your most challenging moment okay. in Goodwill. So my most challenging moment. Personally, in my 30s? first, and Personally. then and then Goodwill. Okay. So my most challenging moment, because I was actually here at Goodwill in my thirties. Um, most challenging moment was when I got. Um, I was pregnant with my second daughter. And uh, we thought um, we thought maybe I miscarried, and I didn't, and I ended up having bed rest uh, the rest of the first trimester. Oh man! And um, you know, and I'm like a career person, and yeah. busy. And then when my doctor said, "Okay, you'll have to be on bed rest," I looked at her and said, "I'm sorry, bed rest? Like, I, but I have a job, and I have a two-year-old, and like, what? What?" She goes, "Do you want to have this baby?" I said. Uh huh. She goes. Then you will be on bed rest. I said, okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I go. Man. But can I still work from my bed? <laughs> that's what I said. Yeah, that's another challenge yeah. that like female CEOs yeah. have to go through if they're pregnant. Like they have to take way uh, time away from their job, and it's like, you know, I. But if you have a great team, that you should it should be seamless. That's, that's true. That's how I see it. I, yeah. I feel like maybe CEOs are uh, in a yeah. better position regarding yeah. like you know, eventually becoming yeah. pregnant. But like, there's been situations where female CEOs get, or this female, you know, directors, whatever the case may be, they get pregnant and they get fired. Ugh. It's illegal. really <laughs> illegal, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Not right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it was great. I had, you know, my boss was super supportive and yeah, um, that's great. I was, I had a right hand person on my team that was able to run things while I was um, on my leave and it was great. And what was the most challenging time you had in Goodwill? Um, obviously you're running a big organization, Ooh. you probably have challenges every day, but. I'd say so far um, since I started in my yeah. new, in my new role. Gosh, I would say it was challenging um, in my first um, maybe half of the year um, starting, um, realizing that um, revenue was coming in strong, but expenses were way off. And so we had to figure out where we were going to cut real quick so, really? so we would be financially strong the rest of the year. And so just sitting down and, um, and making some needed cuts on the expense side was hard. Yeah. But we had to do it. Would you feel like the strength of yours, like finances, is like who, I, who manages the finances in your in your uh, relationship? Uh, my, uh, my husband. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, but yeah, you in the company. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's because my wife time, manages my finances. By the time <laughs> I get home, I'm so tired that I don't want to do it anymore. You know, and he's he has his own business working from home, so he has more flexibility. Oh, that's nice. You know, to yeah. to manage that. So uh, you know, I put that on him, but. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, but the, yeah, the financial piece was important to, um, you know, uh, really focus on last year because we, you know, we need to be sustainable. We need to be strong. So is, do you feel that's your, one of your core strengths or, cause your culture is one of your core strengths seems. Yeah. So what are the, what other core strengths do you have? Do you, do you feel? Yeah, I would say, um, just the ability to connect with people in terms of relationship building. Cause I think that, you know, when you can do that, it builds trust and you can get things done together, uh-huh. you know, so that's, that's really a strength um, that I feel I have. Um, also, um, 
you know, the things I do to connect to the community from an external standpoint, you know, developing partnerships in the community, because we can't do all this alone, right? I mean, you have to have um, strong you relationships. Have to have, yeah. You have to have community relationships and partnerships to, uh-huh. um, in order to achieve your mission. You know, Goodwill of Orange County doesn't do this on their own. So wow. we have to have good partners. So that, that's something I'm strong in. And then, um, and then just uh, in terms of the operational side, you know, keeping up the accountability with the team, looking at KPIs, looking at um, data that drives our decisions. Um, I love doing that too. I love it. I love it. Um, so with, with regards to your veteran um, activities right now, I, you're, I don't know if not, not many people probably listening to this have actually visited Goodwill, but you guys have an amazing uh, organization. Yeah. Like yeah. it's amazing. I've been to a veteran event. It was one on like funding veteran businesses or something. Oh, like, nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was great. Um, but w- what have you like, what, what, what are, what is your cause towards veterans? Like what is, what, what drives yeah. you, what, what drives your passion towards that? And I know Denton, yeah. Denton is the guy that works with yeah. all the yeah. veterans, but we have a um, director of veteran services, Denton Knapp. Um, we host tours at mm-hmm. our, um, Tierney center for veteran services once a month. So you attended one of those, yeah. call it see the good tours. It was really amazing. If yeah. you, if you're watching this and you need to go to it cause it's awesome. Yeah. It's, a, um, it's eye opening because I think when people think of good well, right? You don't think, oh, they, they serve veterans and they help people can get I jobs. Can I tell you my thought? Like, right? Do you think, can oh, I tell I, you my thought? I bet you I know what you're going to say. I thought, I thought Goodwill was uh, just a store where it's like clothes yep. that were donated and, and you just go into like a retail location right. and that's it. And I didn't even think of there was like a headquarters and right. things like that, which yeah, is ridiculous. Yeah, most but. people think, okay, that's a, you know, great place to donate my Halloween, you know, buy a Halloween costume yeah. or to donate my things, right? Mm. And I, I think it really the, the reason why we exist though is to help people who face barriers, you know, mm. find a meaningful employment. Um, and be able to have that sense of purpose and pride and dignity that you get when you work. And so from our standpoint, um, you know, really changing perceptions, right? That um, we're more than a store, we're more than a donation center. I mean, that's, that's I really mean, the key. I mean, this facility is amazing. The Tyranny Center is like, it's ama- I, the operational side yeah. of everything, like how you put that together. Do you, you have a lot to do with the day-to-day? Like, do, do you... Have you put a lot of those things together? Um, yeah, I mean, we have a great team. So I have a, I have a uh, vice president of human services yeah. that you know um, helped develop that program, and then of course hired uh, yeah. Denton to run it on a day to day basis. But the idea with the veterans program is that we're trying to do outreach to find the veterans in the community because in Orange County there's not a VA, mm-hmm. and so the services for veterans are very fragmented. Right, um, you have to go to many different places. So ultimately, what we're trying to create there is. Really really a whole one-stop hub of veteran services. So at Goodwill, we can provide employment services, right? right. We can, once we know a vet no, there's is, a lot of things, is yeah. interested in finding work, we can help them find work. But then we partner with uh, many other nonprofits that could help them with behavioral health, legal, housing, food. Yeah, there's I a mean, lot. Yeah. yeah, and eventually yeah. The, the space where we're at, the Tierney Center, um, which is in Tustin, um, our goal is to make that a one-stop hub so that um, when a veteran needs services, they can get everything they need there. Um, okay, so if, if there's a disabled person at this moment listening to this podcast or watching, what would you recommend to them? And there may be a hesitation to reach out you know, to goodwill or you know, to, to get help. Um, but what do you say to that person that's watching? Yeah, I would say, you know, we really focus on um, an individual's ability, not their disability. Yes. And so everyone from that standpoint has the opportunity to work and and be a you know, productive member of society, right? Mm. That's really the goal here. And so if, if someone isn't working and they want to work, you know, reach out to us, um, yeah. ocgoodwill.org. And, you know, there's um, our number and information to connect and, um, you know, we would love to talk to them. So we're going to conclude in a, a little bit, but so do you feel sometimes, uh, people with disabilities, they feel embarrassed to come out and say, Hey, I need, I need, can we, can you help me in, in some sense? Um, and also veterans, like what, one thing that struck me with, with, uh, Denton, when he said, he said, there's a lot of veterans out there. We're trying to find them. Yeah. 
but we, we're like we're trying to find them. So if you have recommendations of veterans, please yeah. reach out. Is that the same way with disabled people who like maybe they may have, they have a disability and they feel embarrassed, they don't want to hmm. come and and. I don't know. I know that our team is serving a lot of people with disabilities every day, and we do get referrals yeah. from a couple agencies. So mm. the Regional Center of Orange County is right. one. We get referrals for people who have developmental disabilities, and then the Department of Rehabilitation um, for California. And so I think um, there are people who, um, you know, they use those agencies as a way to get services, and so they get referred to us. Um, I understand that you know there's waiting lists of people that um, want to wow. be helped. Wow, wonderful! Um, yeah. And there's a lot of. Um, why, why do you think yeah. there's such a prolific problem in the veteran community? Um, well, for, for, I'm talking about for people with developmental yeah, disabilities. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think for um, veterans, it's just you know I think Den has educated me that you know veterans don't want to feel like um, yeah you know they they want to feel like they're they can give they don't feel like they yeah. should receive right and like oh other people will probably need more than i need yeah. you know i think it, wow. it's maybe a humility um part of their culture maybe as as um, being someone who's served okay so. um so yeah tell tell the audience again one more time how they can get a hold of you or yeah, yeah. Or, or just reach out to goodwill in general yeah. um, so to, for anybody who's interested in learning more about goodwill and or how to get involved or Coming to see our see the um, see the good tour, um, you can find us at ocgoodwill.org.